You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. I mean, I've never said this, but to 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 be frank, I kind of felt that way for a while. And this is like, I love James with all my heart. I love Nick with all my heart. I love a lot of the guys that were in that band with all my heart. But when you consistently are replacing people, consistently, just new members, all new members, every time, it ceases to feel like a band. And I think after a while, I just didn't want to do that anymore. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound, Talent, Media, and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Hope you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter, and they have a massive amount of killer gigs coming through Montreal throughout the month of November. They have Pussifer coming on November 7th. Merciful Fate is here with Creator at Midnight on November 11th. Vola is here with Earthside on November 13th. Three Days Grace is coming with The Warning and The Standstills on November 20th. And the Trinity of Terror tour featuring Ice Kills Nines, Black Veil Brides, Motionless in White, and Atreyu will be here in Montreal on November 21st. If you would like to get your tickets to any of these shows, head on over to their website, heavymontreal.com. I have put the link to that in the description of this podcast. I will be at some of these gigs, so you most certainly should come as well. Come hang out with me at some of these Heavy Montreal Presents gigs throughout the month of November. I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that is just a killer guitarist, vocalist, well, you should let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 370 episodes where I hang out with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their life and music while sharing a craft beer. If you would encourage one of your guitarist, vocalist friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be back with Andy Thomas of Rivers of Nile. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 375. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm very, very stoked to be back with my friend Andy Thomas of Rivers of Nile. Um, he was in a little band called Black Crown Initiate as a well. Bit. Yeah, uh, a little Let's band. start with a very simple... Andy, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's been a long day, but we're here. And uh, looking forward to playing Montreal. I haven't been here since, what, 20, we just said 2019. So, yeah, should be good. It's always good. I'm very, very happy to be with you. We had a chat last time you were here. Yeah. This is over 300 episodes. We're hanging out again. We did, like, an Instagram live during the pandemic when it kicked off a little bit. <laughs> yes, we did. It was a bit intense, but let's not go there. Let's no. talk about the <laughs> shittiest question that I will ask you, hopefully, although I have another one. You can ask me shitty questions. questions. It's fine. <laughs> later. 
It's fine. Is uh, how did you cope with the glorious years, plural, of 2020, 2021, half of 2022, and most certainly, hopefully, none of 2023? How have you been doing? Oh, I'm, I've been good. I, uh, well, let's see. 2020 and 20, was, I, I, I'm, I have trouble with the years. Was it 2020 and 2021 where we didn't tour or anything like that? Was that, so those two years, I stayed at home, uh, worked, delivered pizza, drank beer, hung out with my fiance, my dogs. Not, uh, didn't, didn't play, I mean, I played music, but I, obviously nobody toured, but uh, that's what I did then. Um, moved across the country twice since then. I moved from Arizona back to Pennsylvania and then Par- uh, Pennsylvania back to Arizona because I hated Pennsylvania so much. So, <laughs> but you had to go put your feet there. If we, you don't try it. Well, our, don't try my fiance it. and our families are from there. So we yes. went back to be closer to our families and then realized that that just wasn't feasible because it's such a shithole. So... Uh, to put it mild, to put it or bluntly, I guess I should say. But I, we love all the people there. But we actually moved right back to the same place that we uh, were from, or where we're living before. Uh, what else did I do? I did, uh, I put out an album with Black Crown Initiate. And you I did. did. It was I did. really fucking good. Yeah, people liked it. And I look back on it fondly. And then we did, I guess, one tour with Omnium Gatherum and... A legion, yeah. Uh, that actually ended poorly because a few of the members of our band tested positive at the border here when you guys were still. That's correct. Because I, I went to that show yes. here and I hung out I with think, everyone, but you were not here. And I think that was the day we got, or no, that was the first connect because it happened in Chi- after Chicago because we were going to come up to Toronto, Chicago to Toronto. That's what it was. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Chicago to Toronto. Uh, so we got kicked off of that tour. <laughs> Uh, that was a real bummer. I was working in a kitchen, and I actually texted my fiance and was like, I think I need to go back to trade school or something because I'm fucked. I hadn't, it was just like one thing after another with the, with the touring and the band. And um, the next day, I think uh, Brody asked me if I wanted to go get uh, coffee with him. And he was like, can you learn our set in two weeks? And I did. And now I'm here. The universe. Yeah. Isn't the universe a wonderful thing? Every time I try to quit, <laughs> I, I, was like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Isn't the universe a strange thing? Always, yeah. And you, you know the River Boys forever. I know them for so long. I bought Brody his first beer in a bar when he was underage. Hell yes. Yeah. Speaking so. of beer, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. We are actually downtown Montreal right now. Yes. Live face-to-face interview. This is Face the third time. time. Third time I've done this since yes. the pandemic. We are at Expectation, which is a breakfast, breakfast. joint. Yeah. But we are right next to Studio TD. I can actually see it right now. And they actually do have craft beer. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking? We both have two different beers. Uh, they're both from Collective Arts, though. Yeah, I'm drinking a Collective Arts audiovisual lager. It is 4.9% alcohol by volume, and everything else is in French. So. Uh, collective Arts are actually from Ontario. Uh, they're a very big craft brewery. Some would say they're a little bit too big to be called craft, but they're still uh, really fucking awesome. Deals. But they're really big. I'm drinking Life in the Clouds. It's their New England IPA, 6.1%. Let's do a little cheers before Here's we keep you, going. Let's enjoy. It's got a juicy bite, uh, tropical, a little like apricot going on there on mine. 
I hope yours is nice. This is a, this is very smooth, and uh, you could drink a lot of it. <laughs> I'm uh, I've never been the type of guy that can describe what I'm tasting. My fiance, as I, I mentioned her a lot, she has a very refined palate. She works in beer. I don't know a fucking thing that I'm tasting, but I know what I like, and I'll, I would drink a lot of these. Probably. That makes me happy. That perfect tangent into the next question. I love asking Vox and Hops alumni that come back uh, how their craft beer palate has evolved. Has there been any evolution since the first time you joined the podcast when we were at St. Buck and we were drinking a Monster Stout, actually? Well... I wouldn't call it a, uh, anything to do with my palate. I'm, the last time I was here, I was 33, and I'm 36 now. <laughs> and um, I can't drink 11% beers the way that I used to be able to, although it could be rather effectively argued that I never could. I just maybe, maybe had the ability to bounce back quicker. You did, yeah. <laughs> I have a rule that I try to live by, and that's if I'm going to have a stout or something big like that, I have one, and then I drink light beer for the rest of the night. I drink a lot of light beer now, even the shitty stuff. I drink Miller Light, Coors Light, uh, but I enjoy craft Pilsners, craft lagers, stuff like that. Um, I'm getting married in March, and the brewery that my fiance works for is brewing us a wedding beer. So when her and I first started dating, we used to go to this shitty bar across the street from us, and they had this beer called a coffee Kolsch. What was it? It was a Kolsch. A Kolsch with coffee. Yeah, so it was it's awesome. a, a light white beer, yeah. but with coffee in yeah. it. Yeah. So they're brewing us one of those for our wedding. Nice. That's like a four percent. Yeah, it'd be four or five. Yeah. Super caffeinated. Yes. People, everyone, if you're listening to this, it's not like when you cook with alcohol, you can't boil away the coffee. The caffeine is still there, and it will keep you up if you drink it late at night. That's a true story. I learned that the hard way. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, yeah. I want everyone to fight at my wedding. <laughs> I want to be the happiest person there. So just get everybody jacked up on coffee and, and promote violence. <laughs> Come on down. I love it. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth. When you're growing up in your parents' or guardian's house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? My parents had a great taste in music and very, very diverse. So, the, you know, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, King Crimson, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Peter Gabriel, U2. Dep- you know, it depended on the parent, but I, I listened to great stuff. When you, when you did move back home, before you moved back away again, was it to be closer to them? Yes, it was. And they, I think, they saw that we weren't necessary. Reading, PA, is, it's, a, it's a declining town. I was always yeah. afraid when I walked around there. Yeah, 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 as you should be. And um, Mesa, Arizona, where, I, where we currently live, is not that way. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of heading in the opposite direction where it's getting a little too expensive. Okay. But, um... Yeah, it just there's there's things to do and places to work and money to be made and it's beautiful and our parents could see that we weren't thriving there the way that we wanted to. Actually, I'm trying to convince my parents to move to Arizona. Yes. Could work. I don't know. Yes. If you're listening, well, when you listen, move to Arizona, Mom and Dad. <laughs> well, it's gorgeous there. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's hot. You, don't, you don't have to shovel snow ever again. It's hot. <laughs> it's, it gets, it's hot a couple months out. It's very fucking hot for like four months. <laughs> How about this whole the universe thing? I think it's so interesting that here you are, you guys all get COVID, you have to leave that tour because basically the tour was over, right? or you'd have to drive too far to catch up with the tour, and it would be too cost, uh, heavy costing, right? too expensive. It would be too expensive. Too expensive. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> too expensive for the band. 
to live that way. So you come home, you're washing dishes again. Yeah, again. And then your brain <laughs> goes to this thing of, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Is yeah. that the moment when you knew that Black Crown was something that was behind you? I mean, I've never said this, but to 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 be frank, I kind of felt that way for a while. Really? Um, it's interesting, just... And this is, like, I love James with all my heart. I love Nick with all my heart. I love a lot of the guys that were in that band with all my heart. Um, but it, when you consistently are replacing people, consistently just new all new members every time, it ceases to feel like a band. Yeah. And I think after a while, I just didn't want to do that anymore. And it's interesting because when Rivers, well, Brody sent me the work probably, I don't know, like nine months to a year before it came out. And I was like, holy shit, this is kind of the pinnacle of what our genre is trying to do. Hell yes. I had this moment listening to that album where I was like, I, I don't know if I can top this, you know? And not that it was, not that we were competitors, but it was always... We always kind of fed off of each other. Well, being from the same area, yeah. there's that friendly sense of competition. And I was just like, God damn it, they did it. And I guess in the end, they say if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> but, you know, I always, for the past, you know, while, especially since hearing the work, I was just like, man, I would really like to play in that band. And if they ever you needed a guitar do a player. Killer guest spot. Yeah, on Owls, yeah. Yeah. The big yep. hook was you, which yep. is amazing. Mm -hmm. So now you get to do that in your own band. Yeah, now I have to play guitar <laughs> while I do it, which is a challenge in and of itself. You, you, you've always been phenomenal at that. But. Uh, I've gotten better. I'll say that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely it's challenging music and it's really fun music. And they're all such great musicians. Not that everybody else I played with hasn't been, but it's 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 a unit of people which. And it's a unit of people that I've been friends and brothers with for a very long time. It just feels cool. It was definitely, like, an easy choice for them, I'm sure. Yeah, Brody and I had talked, and, you know, they... Obviously, you want your band to stick together, but it was always kind of understood, I think, that if they ever needed a guitar player, it would be me, you know. And here and, you are. Yeah. So that moment, you're washing dishes. In your mind, were you like, uh, had you told the band, Black Crown, that uh, for you, you were hanging up your, your, your boots? And well, I had spoken to James. I hope he doesn't. I mean, it's the truth, and I love him, and, and he's, he's continuing doing what he's doing, and he has my support and everything, but there was... There were a few times over the past few years where I'd mentioned to him that I was kind of burnt out on the whole thing, especially after putting out that last album during COVID. It was that, so that good. Was, that's like kicking yourself in the dick. Just like you work on this thing for, what, two years and then release it and you can't tour and it's your record label tells you, oh, don't worry, just put out another one. Really? Is yeah, that what happened? Really? Effectively, yeah. They were like, this is a freebie. Don't worry about how it performs. It's during COVID, and I was like, yeah. Because the record was amazing. Yeah, well, it's like... Give, give the, the, the album name. Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape. It's so fucking good. Yeah. But it was just like, well, maybe I don't want to do it, pour my heart out again the way that I just did and, and effectively bury something that I worked so hard on. But it's fine, you know. The, it, it, it all worked out the way, it, the way it needed to, I think. When 
when uh, when Brody asked me to learn the the music, uh, I had to, and I, I contacted James, and I I initially I initially told him, you know, I'm I'm gonna learn this stuff and, and see what happens, but then it became more obvious that they were gonna want me around, and I just told him the truth, you know. Was that that must have been hard? Yeah, it there's, was. There's, um, so it's hard to tell your brothers or your loved ones that this yeah. is the end of an era. Yeah, it, it definitely was something that wasn't pleasing to do. He handled it really well. well he's a super mature. Yeah, I've had him on the I, podcast, yeah. Vox and Ops alumni. He and I talk all the time. That's still. Yeah, that makes me happy. Yeah. We're good. I, I don't, I got nothing. Is there ever a moment that you can imagine yourself going back there? I don't think, I don't think I go, I don't think I go back. Every time in my life that I've gone back to something, it's been a facsimile of what it was or something I shouldn't have gone back to at all, you know? So prob- probably not. Does that mean I wouldn't make music with, with, you know, any of those guys again? Not necessarily, but I'm... Uh, I'm very excited to write music with Rivers. and I was going dir- directly there. How, how involved do you think you're going to be? They're, they obviously have a system that works. They sure do. Brody yeah. has a lot of control, and so does the other members. So to, to allow you to come in with some ideas, because you you're a great fucking writer, so they have to sort of hopefully let yeah. some of that come in. I think they will. Um, but I also, one of the things that I'm liking the most about this experience is that it, I think another thing that I grew, that grew, that I, that grew old to me was like, I don't necessarily like being the center of attention. Really? Um, no. I, I know I probably come off like I do, but I, I, I don't. Maybe on stage. On stage, where well, you have face to, on to face stage. with you, I, I can tell that it's a different vibe. Yeah. yeah. Especially, uh, again, as I get older. I don't really want to be fake. No, and I also like my heroes are like rhythm guitar players and really? like yeah, the, I don't, the unsung heroes. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like rhythm guitar. I mean, my heroes are just, my heroes, James Hetfield. So it's like singing, playing guitar, and being complimentary to something that is like uh, what would you say? The, the, larger the, than the whole. The pieces Sorry. are greater than yeah. the whole. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The sum of its parts. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that. So I'm content to to cooperate with them in any capacity that is necessary. Um, because, again, to, to beat a dead horse as I get older, I'm more content with simpler things. So... You know, to to go back to your question about what I did during the pandemic and stuff, is I played a lot of Metallica riffs in my bedroom. Really? (laughs) And it's a blast. Back to when you were young. Just drink beer and play Metallica riffs. (laughs) The beer was extra. When you were younger, you weren't drinking beer. I was drinking beer when I was too young to be drinking beer for sure. I know for myself when I'm performing like classic Cryptopsy songs yeah. versus performing stuff that I've written, yeah. I definitely have a different, or I've had to create an emotional attachment to the material that's not mine. Yes. Is that something that you've been doing with Rivers? I've always had an emotional attachment to what they do because I've been a fan. I was at the party at their original drummer, Ron Nelson's house, when they got signed to Metal Blade. Really? I got so drunk that I broke a porch swing that my sister and I were swinging <laughs> on, and we both fell really hard. And, uh, so yeah, I was there when they got signed. I was there before that. I was there at their fire hall shows. I've been a fan of them since day one. In fact, I think this is something that has never been brought up publicly, but it's pretty interesting and it's a, it's a cool story. 
Rivers of Nile, before they were Rivers of Nile, was a band called Amongst Decay. And that band consisted of uh, Jake Diefenbach, the singer, John Coons, who now plays guitar in Outer Heaven, their old guitar player, and their original drummer, Ron Nelson. They needed a guitar player and a bass player, and they asked me and a, and a bass player from, from Reading to join the band, and I, I did, and I, this is what's ironic. I wrote something in a major key, and they kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we're not, we're That's not, not evil. we're not doing that. <laughs> and now, a bunch of their shits, and you know, I'll be playing a bunch of shit tonight. That's in a major key. See, see, so just, uh, you're avant garde. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> I, you know, I was I was ahead of my time for Rivers, yeah. but then they became Rivers, and they actually replaced the bass player and I with uh, Biggs and Brody. Started Rivers. Here we are. What is, oh, you know, 15 years? I don't know. Unbelievable. Long time ago. Yeah. Unbelievable. There's, you guys, you haven't been home in months. You were telling me before we started no. recording this. You're not going home for very long before the next journey. Right. Um, the work is a seminal for their career. Yeah. It's a career piece album. Yes, it is. Where Owls was one thing, but yeah. and I was worried. The, the pressure, and I, I'd spoken to Biggs about this when he For came sure. out to see me, of that follow-up and where is it going to go. And I think I asked Brody that question when I had him on as well. They were patient. They took the time, and they didn't copy carbon anything. They went in a more extreme version of themselves, and I think that's so goddamn interesting and great that they had the courage to do that that's one of the lyrics from maybe one day relax it'll be fine it'll take patience and some time yeah maybe one day <laughs> i think that's how it goes but yeah i think they knew that yeah uh it yeah it's it's an album that like i said it it it, it i couldn't believe it when i heard it from, and from them like yeah. opening for cryptopsy yeah Devastation on the Nation 2017, I want to say. That would have been on, what, Monarchy at the yes. time? Before, probably close to Owls. Yeah. Yes. I think they were already, they had material, but they were like, it wasn't anywhere ready to be out there yet. And then watching where they're at now, yeah. like Cryptopsies and, and tours like that are, are not even an offer. Like, it doesn't have to be that. They can play with, like, Mastodon now. It, yeah, they've 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 transcended the... the, the, the death metal thing it's amazing yeah but because they're still you're still heavy hitters enough well, yeah, we to just, play we just did in Europe with, we were playing with suffocation and exactly. decapitated and it worked and it was exactly. a exactly yeah I but think we're it's out awesome. with the contortionist now I think it's awesome yeah. I think it's just it's it's very refreshing for the death metal genre to have expanded its its wings that it, wide it has to <laughs> it has to because what I mean how much faster are people going to get at this point yeah I mean you listen to some young kids now and it's like I, I can't move that faster I never could. Yeah. Yeah. But do they look cool when they do it? Oftentimes not. <laughs> Oftentimes not. That's so, what us old men are for. Yeah, we're going to show them. <laughs> hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death 
alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Something that's very important to me, and I know that it's a heavy topic for you, is uh, mental health. Sure. Uh, what do you do? What are your tactics when you're not feeling well? How do you get yourself out of a funk? Well, uh, this past year, because I've been, uh, I think largely because I've, I've been moving since, you know, late, early February, we moved to Pennsylvania from Arizona, and I left to tour with Black Crown. I got home from that tour with Black Crown. I was home for two and a half weeks, left for tour with Rivers. My fiance moved back across the country while I was on tour with Rivers. And I was home for like three weeks. Then I went to Europe for three weeks or something. And then I, because we booked a festival that got canceled, I ended up staying in Pennsylvania. So I couldn't even go home between Europe oh, shit. and now. And now we're out for five weeks which there's 17 days So that's days tough. Left. That's like, this is yeah. the, the, so the love of your life, yes. your rock. Yes. Someone that's yes. kept you grounded. And, and it's, so yeah, it's been, it's been tough on my mental health and, and it, it, you know, it, it creates anxiety, which is the thing that I think most people struggle with the most. Um, but I think like the, the thing that, it, that I've kind of learned through all this is like, and people say it all the time, and people always said it to me, and you think, ah, oh, it's bullshit, it's bullshit. You have to try. Like, I, I've been traditionally over the years a pretty negative guy, and I can go there again pretty easily, and I do often. But the, the power of, like, just telling yourself that you care about yourself and that you believe in yourself and, like, just saying you've got this, that it allows you to kind of become that in a way I think and I'm like I said I'm not saying this from a, the perspective of someone who's got it down but I, for example I was a person who traditionally over the years struggled a lot with stage fright I've always been that way I don't know if that's apparent I mean but no it, way. It, it definitely it's something like there have been points in my career where it's, it's been almost crippling to the point where I, I haven't enjoyed performing live and I've wanted to stop then it's not like because I've spoken to people where yeah. it's, it's it happens before the show. No, no, no. This and is then, where and I'm on stage on and I can't stage, play. And then it gets better, but that's not the case here. It is now, but it wasn't, especially when I started with Rivers because of the pre because I had two weeks to learn 80 minutes of material yeah. for a headlining set. Massive. So I would get on stage and have have some pretty significant trouble, even to the point of during rehearsals being like and it's that crippling anxiety, morbidly basically. anxious, and. Um, it's still there, but like just consistently reminding yourself live, breathing, breathing is really important. But reminding yourself, oh, you've got this. You're you're okay. You got you do this every night. You know, and, and, and even to say, I even will tell myself, I love you, Andy. You know. Yeah. And that. Uh, 
because you hear a lot of people talk really badly about themselves. Yeah. Self-deprecating. Uh, yeah, and I've definitely been guilty of that. I still am from time to time, but not nearly to the extent that I used to be because I realized when you hear people saying, oh, I'm a human trash can or whatever, it's like, well, what do you... What do you think is going to happen? They're projecting to you? that into yeah, the what universe. You, yeah, yeah, what do you think is going to become of your life? Uh, and I, I have to thank my fiance a lot for that, as I do pretty much everything else. Massive but cheers to her. Just like, dude, don't, don't talk like that. Good for you. And my sister. My sister's very big on, you know, kind of self-love. Trying. I, if you, if we won't love ourselves, it's cliche, but it's true. You know what I mean? Who's going to love us? And I went through high school, and I was very nervous in high school. And shout out to Mike Ramsey. Uh, me and him went through this thing. I think we were in grade 10 or grade 9. We look ourselves in the mirror in the morning before going to school and say, I am great, I am beautiful, and everybody loves me. And we took over that fucking school well, that year. It goes a long way. Because it's start, instead of instead of the, like, how would you... The projection of I can't do this. Yeah. Which doesn't get you anything but that. It's the projection of I can do this. And yeah. And you do, st I mean, and now. Like, you have to open the loophole into the universe so that you can slip through it. You have to, yeah. Because otherwise, if you close with, it on yourself, it's yeah. not going to open. You have to push even harder yeah. if you don't believe it. That's right. Yeah. Right. right. So on tour, if you're going through a funk, which obviously happens, yeah. what do you do? On tour, if I'm going through a funk, I I may isolate a little bit. Just I, I get really quiet in the van because you know everybody's when, you, when you're in a van with everybody, it's constant. It has to be. There's a lot of people in the van. So I I'll 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 kind of force myself to be quiet and to kind of chat, to tune out the conversation for a little while. Which maybe comes across as rude, but that's, I find that that's a, a way for me to just take a second in a in a space where there isn't any space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. there's nowhere to there's nowhere to be, and you can't just scream at everybody. No, no, that that would not be good for the career afterwards. Yeah, so it's just I I do that. Um, I drink beer. I, I do enjoy beer. Uh, like I said, I don't drink heavy beers as much as I used to. So, but that's I don't know if there's I don't know if that's that's probably not necessarily a healthy way to do it. I don't over drink beer. I do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, only when you're happy, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> if you see one of your bandmates in a funk. What is your tactic to help them out? Depends of it? on who they are. Yeah. So you have you to, get to you, get, have, you get you get to know each other. Certain, which is certain, why when you get quiet in the van, they they definitely know this is what you need right now. Yeah. Then that's the same thing. Certain guys, I know that they probably don't want to discuss what's going on with them. Certain guys do, and you learn to kind of navigate that as as healthily as you can. And you don't always hit the mark, but you try. And then you apologize if you don't. <laughs> Is that something you've learned over time? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had to apologize for a lot of things in my life, so I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I'd like to think I'm okay at apologizing, even if it's not immediate. What, what is the secret, your secret to the best apology? A perfect apology. Uh, just, I'm sorry, and I did exactly what you say that I did. <laughs> and I understand that. <laughs> 
I love collabs. We're not drinking one right now, and I sadly did not bring you one of my brand new ones tonight. I apologize for that, but I love making beer collabs. I've released just about probably 80 of them in the past few years. You're busy. Um, I've made teas. I've made coffees. Uh, if you could make the perfect Andy Thomas collab, something that would be for you that you would love to represent yourself, what would that be? So I'd be collaborating with a beer company? No, it doesn't have to be a beer. That's that's what's more open about the question. Wow. That's an interesting question. That? So I could collaborate with anybody on anything? Anything in it. You know, like a beautiful beard oil. But your beard goes and comes back in two weeks. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's very impressive. I would probably collaborate with somebody for a way to grow the hair on your head back. Oh. If I, if I, I could, and, and at this, well, I guess there's probably, I would collaborate with someone who knows how to take the hair off of your back and put, and on put your it head. on your head. <laughs> that, that, would, that would really do me good. The Andy Thomas way. Yeah. I got my back waxed not long ago. Oh, how, there must be a story there. Yeah, there is. My my fiance, I got home from the last tour. My fiance was like, "Hey, why don't you try getting your back waxed?" I was like, "Why? You don't like my back hair?" Apparently not. And she's like, "No, it's I just you know, why don't you try? Why don't you try getting rid of it?" And uh, so I went and I got my back waxed and it hurt, but not as bad as I thought it would. It definitely hurt though. But I guess I'll have to do that. I'll have to try it again sometime. But if you could wax it, maybe, and then put it, attach it to. I don't know. What was that moment where? Because you had gorgeous hair, oh, gorgeous dude. beard. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you were like completely a different person. Yeah, so... Which is cool and I respect that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always had I, I always had thinner, finer hair. Uh, and, it, you know, I look back on pictures and I'm like, man, had nice hair kind of. But Gorgeous. But uh, it started, you know, the, the crown up top started, oh, to, okay. started to thin out. And it's funny because the first guy who made fun of me for it was Jake, the singer of Rivers, years ago. Really? I was walking down the steps at his old apartment. He's like, oh, dude, you're balding. And uh -oh. I was like, fuck you, no, man. No, 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 no. And I wasn't really, but he was just trying to make me self-conscious. But um, it was when I started dating my fiance. Uh, it was kind of becoming obvious that... It was it was terminally it was terminal, uh, and, and you uh, didn't want to go the route of the skullet. Well, you know what I did is I grew my hair out about shoulder length, but I didn't have like I didn't even have a. First of all, she would never she would never have sex with me again if I had a skullet. <laughs> not that we have sex because we're not married yet, and, and, you're, but, and you're never together. <laughs> yeah, and we're never together. But um, if I had a skullet, that would be it. But. The, the, the way my hair went, even if I did, it, like, it wouldn't be cool looking. It wouldn't be like a Devon. It was just like I had like a quarter size hole, maybe bigger than that, but like, you know, on the back of my head. So what I did was I grew my hair out about shoulder length and it was real thin with a bald spot. And again, my fiance was like, dude, you look like pretty shitty right now. <laughs> Like, do you want to? At least she's honest. Yeah, she's, oh, she's the most honest person. Yeah. So she was like, you, That's you, love. you might like want to, you know, do something. And it's really only one thing to do at that point, <laughs> which is just the old chrome dome, which I need to shave it again. But they call it the, or the Rivers dudes call me the dirty egg when it grows out. It's like an egg with dirt all over it. <laughs> well, that's also love. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Annie Thomas, dirty egg. <laughs> 
One last question, classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. I'm not sure if I asked it to you. If I did, let me know. Um, it probably doesn't happen to you as much as it used to happen to you because you have rules that you've set up for yourself now, such as only one big beer and then light beers. But every once in a while, we don't listen to our own rules. Oh, and yeah, it happens often. to everyone. Right. What is your hangover cure? Oh, man. Well... Excedrin migraine really is pretty great. That's the first one. Like, I've never if, heard that one. Coffee. If you get, co- I mean, people say coffee, but coffee doesn't really. Coffee kind of makes me feel. Sh- it makes me feel like I'm more aware of my hangover. Just <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> more. So, yeah. In on the Wa- pain. Like the, it's 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 a classic, but like just ton- as much water as you can drink, which isn't a lot when you're no, not. You don't hard want to it. Go in. Yeah, but Excedrin migraine water. Uh, at my age, it's generally just kind of calling it for the day and trying again <laughs> the next day. But because it doesn't, it never gets that good if you if you really fuck yourself. Oh up. yeah. Uh, a good hangover cure, though, I will say, is playing a show. Yeah. Because if you're if you're all fucked up and you go on stage in front of people. You'll, the adrenaline will, will wake you up, and you'll be ready to do it all. You'll be ready to tear it up. Which all over is again. what we sort of tend to do, and then it. It's snowballs. the cycle of life, the as snowball. David Attenborough might say. <laughs> yeah. Andy, thank you so so much for taking the time. You're busy. You're playing a show right over there. I can see the venue. I can see Rivers of Nile written right there. Studio TD. It's up there, bud. It um, said the contortionist earlier. I saw that. I was like, wow, interesting. It. They fixed it. <laughs> yeah. The promoter. Shout out to Dave. Extensive enterprise. Those guys are cool. Amazing. Um, I love talking to you. I love hanging out with you. Likewise, man. We're going to keep hanging out after the show. This is amazing. Here's to you. You rule. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to you. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, do I ever love Andy Thomas. I, I just love hanging out with him. I can't believe that we hung out together at an expectation. This is the first time that I've conducted an interview at a breakfast joint at night. Weird, yeah, a little bit, but it worked, and they had craft beer, and it was right next to the venue, and if anyone knows the story about what happened that day to Andy, about them arriving very late at the venue that day, it had to be close by, and expectation most certainly was. So cheers to them for hosting us in this chat. Massive cheers to Andy for yet again always being super open and honest about everything that's going on in his life. I am just so damn stoked for him being a part of Rivers of Nile. They are just killing it. They just got added to that Kill Switch Engage show coming up during the holiday season. The sky is the limit for Rivers of Nile. I can't wait to see where they end up. Massive cheers to Andy. You know I love you, bud. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a month that will contain all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hospital Podcast. You get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. And you will get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. And I always have a lot of stuff 
going on. You will also get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' Metal Architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. Jerry has the ear for what's going on in metal. If you're looking for new music, the Brutal Awakenings playlist is what you want to be listening to. There is always a lot going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, and I hate when you miss anything, so please sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I have one more episode coming up this Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.